This podcast is brought to you courtesy of Renault, the world's most exclusive sunglasses. It's now available at renault.co.uk and at select boutiques around the globe. You are listening to the Official Concept Podcast. Enjoy listening to Alan. Today, we are interviewing Brandon Delson. Welcome. How are you? Ah, I am wonderful. How are you? I am having a beautiful morning so far, and it is just going to get better. Right <laughs> ready for that. Let's manifest that. It's just about to get better. Yeah. So the first question I'd like to ask you is, your role as JLo's gay best friend in This Is Me Now, premiering on Amazon Prime on the 2nd of 16th. How was the full experience and what was your favorite part on set? Oh my gosh. I mean, that's such an overwhelming question. I still pinch myself when, you know, I'm in these situations and I'm getting to talk about it because I still think like, wow, I got to be in a movie with JLo. Like how crazy my literal child self would be pinching themselves right now. You know, I, I, I like to think it was kind of like a manifestation from when I was nine years old. I'm now 29. So it's been 20 years in the making. Uh, and it was a literal dream come true. I mean, to get to act opposite, not only her, but, you know, the cast is insane. Ben Affleck, Post Malone, Kiki Palmer, Sofia Vergara, just to name a few. Um, you know, it felt like one of those like pivotal moments in life where I was like, wow, you know, this, this is my job now. This is my career. And I'm seeing it kind of blossom before my very eyes. And, um, you know, I couldn't have asked for a kinder uh, set and for her to be more gracious. She was so wonderful to work with. And I mean, it just took my breath away from beginning to end uh, the entire experience. And yeah, I think it's really going to show in the film. You know, we, we kind of had to create this chemistry. I play, yeah, uh, one of her best friends in the film. And we had to create it really quickly. You know, because that's kind of how um, movie making is. It's very fast paced. And I really think, you know, the payoff uh, in the film, you'll see, you know, the chemistry is deep and um, the project is just out of this world. It's going to be unlike anything anybody's ever seen. So what was it like when you first went on set with JLo and your first acting piece with her? Was it just like, whoa. Seeing that you had that dream ever since you were nine years old. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm literally sitting here right now. Like, I, I get chills thinking about it. I'm like <laughs> sitting here alone in my house, like giggling to myself like a little kid. Because, you know, I, I think you have to keep that childlike wonder about the world. And especially if you're an artist of, of any sort. Um, but that first day was... I mean, dreamlike, you know, I, I remember coming on set uh, and we had actually gotten calls five days prior that we were cast in the film. So it was a very quick turnaround. Ooh. Yeah. to when we started filming and um, it was just so wild. I mean, to see her come on set and, you know, of course, she looked gorgeous. She had a giant coat on and she had her hair up and she came up and she just said, hi, I'm Jen. And then we just kind of dived in and, and our first scene was a scene with her. It's actually the first scene we're in with her in the film. And I just, you know, I, I was blown away by um, her kindness and how her attention to detail is in every frame of this film. There's, there's just a real deep love that she has for her artistry. And so to get to learn from her was a masterclass. And, you know, she helped us out. She would come and, and she would say, try saying it like this or try doing it like this. And that was so neat. I was like, wow, this is literally like a masterclass. In oh, yeah. And not only that, from one of your idols as well, where it's just unbelievable. Yeah. And she was just so down to earth. And, you know, she's been incredible this last year. We shot this film about a year ago. But, you know, she's kept us so 
in her world the last year. We mm. got to celebrate with her. We got to, um, you know, just celebrate some of the milestones over the last year. Got to attend her Christmas gathering and and just really kind of bond and um, on another level, you know, that I never expected. And so it's it's been insane. So when you talk about manifestation, do you do any forms of meditation? I do. You know, it, it's really interesting. I'll share a quick story about that. I actually last year, well, now a year prior, 2022 at the end of the year, was given a book by a friend, by uh, a guru named Sadhguru. And this friend shared it with me. She just was like, I think you'll really like this, Brandon. I think you'll be really into it. And he's really big on manifestation. And his book is called Inner Engineering. And it really just kind of helps you refocus your brain into realizing what thought patterns you have and what you're manifesting, mm -hmm. what you're thinking about. And, you know, I believe manifesting is all about frequency, how you feel. And then you, you, you pick what you want later. But it's really about your energy and where you're living, you know, in your day-to-day -day life, in the big moments and small moments. And um, this book was just an insane experience for me. I mean, it was just so eye-opening. Fast forward five months later, we're uh, starting to shoot this film. And I look in the script and it says, Sad Guru has a role in it. The actual guru that I had gotten his book five months ago. Oh, oh, oh really? <laughs> I, I literally bring it up to Jennifer at one point when she mentions his name. And I'm like, oh my God, this is going to be the real Sad Guru. And she, she said, oh yeah, do you know him? And I was like, no, I, I mean, I don't know him, but like I've read his book and I'm obsessed <laughs> with him. And he is actually a role in this film. And I just, you know, it was such like one of those crazy moments where I like, you know, the hair stood up on my arm and I was like, wow, like this is where I meant to be. Um, it it's, it's very strange because when people, uh, you know, because I 100% believe in manifestation, I believe in, you know, calming of the mind, but also being able to have like a, um, a visionary board as well, like writing down uh, where you want to get to and then the plan on how to get there, you know, being able to break it down in a positive way. But there's been so many times in my life where I just get the, like, I do a meditation and then I get the feeling, oh, you know, I should go to this location. And then I go to it and then I just bump into somebody yes. who's, who's like supposed to be there. And then it's just like propels me forward or it's just a really close friend yeah. or even a potential like, you know, partner. And it's just, it's just, it, it's happened so many times, but it always happens with a pure intention. Yeah. And that's where I think that, you know, a lot of people kind of get it wrong. It's like manifestation for money or yeah. for, you know, that I want to get, you know, this, I want to get that. But that's not, I don't believe that's, that's how it works. It, it works in the way of whatever comes in a positive manner. So you need to be on that level as well. And that's how you become grateful. Oh, I mean, you're speaking to my heart. I, I think when you said intentionality, I think that's the whole thing. You know, it's mm -hmm. what, what intentions you're putting out there, you know? And I agree. I don't think it's so specific. Like I want a billion dollars to fall into my yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? like, I want the opportunity to grow financially. I want the opportunity to meet new people, meet new connections. You know, it's, it's bigger. It's bigger than just a, a numerical number. You know, it's, it's about how you feel and it's about the type of people you want around you. And yeah, I mean, I, I, I like to think of myself as a big manifester and my boyfriend and I, we have vision boards we do every year. And it's wild to see some of, you know, the specifics we put down came true. It's kind of crazy, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, because when I was younger, I used to think that, you know, it just, because you can't see it, it doesn't exist. But yeah. then when I started to become a little bit older, like I'm 30 years old. It was my 30th birthday just last month. Wow. And so it's like just being able to break things down in a very positive way and then, through it with pure intention it's like just really good things happen 
Yes. You know, and, and and it's just it's not and it's not only good things. It's like outrageous things. Yeah. Like I bump into like a famous DJ, but I don't even know that it's them. Yeah. Um, and because I'm like, it's like, yeah, yeah, go go ahead and line, no problem. And then we just start a conversation, and then yeah, you know, I'm performing over here next week, and it's like, what? What the hell's going on? Yeah. <laughs> you know, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm a big believer in like, you know, the better it gets, the better it gets. You know, when you when you meet someone or something like that, you know, it it's infectious you know when you're positive or you're vibrate vibrating on a certain frequency i think more of that comes you know when mm. you live in that place and you choose to be there you know because oh, difficulties are going to come regardless in life whoever you are whatever level you're at you know but it's really how you choose to respond and and like we said where you choose to live at and and how you choose to be in the quiet moments in in your life you know not always the big successful moments but how you are in these smaller moments you know yeah, 100%. Like, uh, for me personally, like, um, because I can only really talk about my own personal experience regarding this, because, you know, it's very subjective. Yeah. So it's like, I want to, because right now I'm doing a lot of um, fitness, and I'm doing a lot of health. So I'm not drinking or anything. I'm literally just focusing on my work and, uh, and my health goals. Sure. And because, um, you know, I'm about, I'm six foot six, and I weigh 100 kilos. I don't know how much that is in um, uh, pounds. You know, um, I don't know either, but it sounds healthy. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's um, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm a pretty big guy, but I'm, uh, but I do about like three hour long workout. Wow. And so it's like, but because I have a healthy attitude towards this, mm. I, it's like people are just really nice to me because I give myself a lot of self-respect. Mm. You know, it's like, it's like if you give yourself respect in a very high position, then other people will put that in the same high position as well. And of course, you get rude people, but normally everyone just wants to get together and be like happy. I love that. I mean, that's so powerful what you just said too. It starts with how we treat ourselves, you know? Yeah. And it, it really starts in it and it manifests in different ways over time, but you know, it starts at home. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's like what, what you're doing in your free time is who you really are. Because, you know, you could be out with anybody and putting on a face and then, you know, saying, you know, I'm doing this, I'm doing that and being really nice. But then if they're, you know, if you're over at home and then just complaining or just stewing in negative energy, you would never be able to get into a right place, like yeah. connecting with new people. But, um, you know, it's like, it's just all about the personal journey. Yeah. And, you know, it's not a race in any way. Like everyone's on their own level. And of yeah. course, you know, I'm not a Buddhist monk or anything like that. Like, of course, I have off days as well. But yeah, it's just like, you know, I, but if I do ever have an off day, I just bring out my journal and I enjoy writing. I just, I enjoy writing poetry and I enjoy being in the moment. And because um, I love photography as well. I do a lot of photography. And, you know, so it's like, so I just try to manage it. But, um, but yeah, it's just uh, nothing but, uh, yeah, positivity in my life, really. Love that. Powerful tools, all that stuff. You know, I think art and journaling, it's like, I, I mean, I believe as an artist, it, and it kind of leads into the Stella Adler school where I studied and other things. It, you know, a lot of being an artist is cultivating your life outside of your art. And I think that could be for any profession. You know, you, you cultivate your life like it's an art project, like it's a movie. You know, I think that's also the power of manifestation. You can choose. It, it's like, you know, being in your own video game. What are you going to do next? Little things can change the trajectory of your day, the course of your day. I try to remember that all the time. You know, there's, so much power we have and we should all feel powerful you know we should all i heard this quote the other day it was like if you don't think you're the beyonce of your own life you're doing something wrong <laughs> <laughs> yeah like, yeah for sure 
I love I love that you said um you know treat life like a game because I like it's okay if you don't know the game, but have you ever heard of Fallout? I have. I have heard of it. I've okay. never played it, but I've heard of it. Yes. Okay, that's all good. I'm kind of, I'm kind of a nerd on the side. And so I have a smartwatch and the face of it is literally like um for people who, who don't know, it's like this device that's on the main character's arm and it has stats, like you know, health a health bar and everything. And I and I have that on my um wrist. It's like a little tiny like I don't have the Pip Boy, but I have like a smartwatch that has the same face as it. And it has like so I, I try to burn roughly about a thousand calories a day minimum. Wow. Um and then I, you know, try to do about ten thousand steps. Uh so I could do that with running or with some form of cardio. And then you know, hit hit all of my main goals. Yeah. And I just look at that and I just treat it as a game mentally. Because I think that for me personally, if I were to treat it as oh, three hour workouts every day, it would just get a bit too much. But if I just treat it like a game, then it doesn't have that coldness to it. Yes. Yes. There's a playfulness to life, you know, and I, yeah. I hope we all, you know, that's something to apply in whatever way it means to you. But finding the playfulness in the day to day things that you have to do, there's a way to yeah. do, it, you know. Yeah. Can you share a bit about your journey? into acting and what inspired you to pursue it as a career? Sure. You know, <laughs> I kind of mentioned this already, but it started about 20 years ago, which is wild. Yeah, I, I turned 29 this year. And so it's been, I'm in my Saturn returning is what I've been told by astrologists. <laughs> and it's it's been such an incredible journey from start to finish. You know, I, I began at nine, my my grandma, Terry Delsit, took me to a production of Oliver the Musical that we had family friends in. And I just remember sitting in the front row, little, you know, eight and a half, nine-year-old Brandon, and I just was in awe, you know, of these people up there and how magical it was and how everyone was, you know, just sitting with bated breath watching what would happen next. And so the love really started with musical theater, you know, I think as it does for a lot of actors. And, um, you know, I continued working through my teens and, and into my early 20s, I moved to Hollywood and started acting professionally, you know, and it, it's funny because it, it takes a minute, you know, to to move from, you know, being in a small town and kind of feeling like a big fish. My hometown's Fresno, California, lovely place to grow up um, and a ton of community theaters, which is really where I feel like I honed my craft, you know, kind of getting in that routine and, and learning that discipline, you know, because I think acting just like any other profession, it's a discipline, you know, it's a muscle you got to flex just like working out and, um, and you got to work on it all the time. And um, I think that kind of led to me in my 20s, really like hungry for it. You know, I, I always knew there was no plan B. <laughs> there was no plan C or D or E or F or G, yeah. or whatever. It was just, this is what I do, you know, and, and I think in, in some way, that certainty was a manifestation in itself, you know, kind of really walking across the bridge and, and burning it after <laughs> and saying, you know, I'm here now and, and I'm not going home and, and I'm taking no prisoners and, and this is what I want to do. And I love it so much. And I hope that that love and the dream is enough, you know? And so I, I continued to act. I did a couple national tours, which was fabulous. I got to travel the country, um, doing a couple musicals and then uh, ended up in New York for a bit and um, performed off Broadway in the Big Bang Theory, the musical. And uh, then the pandemic hit and that pushed me to want to move back to Hollywood. I think there was some little voice inside of me that said, you need to be there, you know, you need to be in Hollywood. And I'm happy I listened to that voice. <laughs> You know, one of the most important things is it's like you're not only doing it, but you deserve it. 
because you deserve all the success that you currently have and more because the thing is that you're doing it you know and there's so many people that have a wall of excuses or have you know everything that they could be doing but yeah you're you're doing it an amazing job and you have so much passion as well which is amazing thank you my friend i mean you're making me cry across the world right now don't make me tear <laughs> up i've still got a half of a day to go but i appreciate that you know i think i really appreciate that because i do think you know there's you have to have a passion for whatever you do in life and and like we said you know this is the video game i chose and so i'm just trying to play it the best i can <laughs> Graduating from Stella Adler Studio of Acting is a significant achievement. How has that experience shaped your approach in acting? Yeah, you know, I am very disciplined about my craft. You know, I've always stayed hungry to learn. And I think that's some of the playfulness that I have tried to throw into my life. Like we talked about finding a way to make it fun. You know, I, I still take classes to this day. I still, when I get a big audition, I, I have an acting coach in town, True Collins, that I go to. And I say, true, we got to shoot this. I'll go to her apartment and, you know, we'll shoot it in an afternoon. And we make it fun, though. You know, we try to always approach it with fresh eyes. But I think Stella Adler really, you know, gave me that work ethic um, that you have to have because you have to hustle just as hard as your agents are hustling for you when you're a performer or an actor, maybe even harder. <laughs> and um, I, I think that hustle and that work ethic has really helped lead to where I am today, you know, and getting to work with with JLo, seeing her work ethic and the schedule that she has on a daily basis. It is wild. You know, the discipline that you have to have and the team um, you have to have around you to really execute um, and to fire on all cylinders. And so, you know, I think that was another big thing I learned from her, just how to kind of juggle it with a smile and with, you know, uh, a flair and, and with love. And, um, you know, so I, I'm so grateful for every place that I studied at. But Stella Adler really, you know, I think got me ready for the next level. Winning the 2023 Diversity Scholarship from Anthony Miendo Studios and the Groundling School is impressive. How do you think diversity and inclusion impacts the world of performing arts? Uh, well, I'm hoping that the needle is swinging the other way. And, and you know, I... I it's never lost on me, you know, being a Latinx and Native American and queer um, performer, uh, how special it is to get to be representing all of those communities in film and in commercials and in TV. And, you know, it wasn't always like this. I know there were so many pioneers and great performers and actors before me that beat down the door for there to be an opportunity for me to play a sort of gender fluid, queer gay best friend of JLo in a movie in 2024. You know, it's not lost on me and I feel empowered to get to play roles like this. And, and the fact that it'll be seen all over the world, you know, and that people in a hundred years could still watch it, you know, and that that's, I really think how we change the culture is visibility. You know, obviously voting is vital and I'm, you know, huge advocate for, for voting. Um, but I think it's super important for visibility to see people who look like you on screen and in movies and in magazines. And, you know, I'm really conscious about that these days. And, you know, even coming up with what to wear to the premiere and some of these other things, I want to represent diversity and inclusion. And I want, you know, to be a part of that movement. And, and um, you know, I, I, I think the tide is turning. So when you were nine years old, yeah, and desiring to become an, an actor one day, did you feel any pressure on the opposite way regarding any of these situations that you bring up? Yeah, you know, uh, 
it, it's so interesting. I think it still comes up. You know, I was raised in kind of a conservative town in Fresno, California, and it still comes up. You know, I, I kind of thought, you know, when people see this trailer and when people see the movie, obviously I'm out as out as out can be. I, I mean, I kind of came out of the womb throwing glitter, but... <laughs> My mom always tells a story about how when I was like five or six years old, we were helping throw a party for someone. And I literally just had like this glitter to throw on the table and I threw it everywhere. And I said, it's perfect. And she was like, she was like I knew you were going to be an artist from that day on. Um, but, you know, I've, I've always gotten pushback, you know, and I, I have to say, I think as difficult as it was, I chose to let it fuel me. You know, and, and to, it only, I think, empowered me in a way to keep going forward. You know, I have memories, though, of specific moments where I felt, you know, othered. I felt like someone was trying to otherize me in some way. And, you know, even family members, extended family members at times that would kind of point out things that were different about me. You know, I always loved playing with makeup and things from a really young age. And I can remember, you know, being called out on it as a kid sometimes, or, or as a teenager, and feeling embarrassed and feeling othered, but thinking, you know, this is me, not to quote the movie title, this is me now. <laughs> I, I was thinking this is me. And I'm not going to let some fool's opinion, you know, dictate how I live my life. And I always thought, you know, some of the most beautiful people in the world wear makeup, why shouldn't I wear it? I'm one of the most beautiful people in the world. <laughs> You know, kind of thinking in that mentality of you're the Beyonce of your own story, you know, and believe it or not, I, I still deal with that. You know, I, I think I still sometimes will hear comments, little comments or things. And, you know, I, I think now I'm in this place where I feel less to prove than ever and more to gain than ever. And I, I think you have to try to find that frequency for yourself. Yeah, 100%. I agree with that. Um, I, I actually uh, have a little bit of a, an experience as well. So. Um, Nothing like you, um, because uh, I'm, I'm straight. But when I was younger, uh, yeah. I, I did blogging. Like when I when when it wasn't cool, you know yeah. when like you know when YouTube first came out yeah. and people would be blogging. Yes. Well, not even that. Like no one vlogged. Like not even Casey Neistat. This is before. So I would be in Australia, and where I grew up is this place called Adelaide, and it's a really nice place, but it's kind of like a country vibe, you mm -hmm. know. Mm -hmm. And if it, it's like if anybody is doing something different, it's heavily shunned. And it's because I'm a very artistic guy, 90% yeah. of who I am is different. <laughs> you know, it's like, I'm a very out there, you know, weird type of dude. <laughs> and a lot of people just don't get it. Yeah. And so it's like, I would just be heavily, heavily shunned. Wow. Um, I, I could still make friends, but it was just like, yeah, pretty rough. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it's funny. I think it, it can be one of those things where it can either break you down and that's okay if it does for a period of time, but it can also empower you and it can, yeah. it can um, give nuances to your story is what I'm learning in these days. It can really make you a nuanced person, um, which is the best thing to be layers, layers and layers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like uh, thick skin. Yeah. You know, it's like it, right now it takes so much to offend me. Mm. It's like, I, I simply just, I would always prefer to do what I think is enjoyable. Like, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be a douchebag or anything like that. Yeah. Um, I'm not trying to be egotistical, but I would always, like, if it's creative, I don't care what other people are thinking. If it's me taking photos of nature, 
Yeah. And if people were like, why is he standing there for like 20 minutes trying to take a picture of birds? It's what I want to do. <laughs> you know, so it's like, yeah, that type of stuff. Totally. No, that makes so much yeah. sense. And it's like, you know, it's like we said, you're the star of your own movie, you know, and mm. nobody's going to, I heard this the other day too. It's like, you got to become an expert on yourself. And I, I'm in that process. We, you know, learning your loves and and leaving room for evolving and new people and, and new interests and things to come in, you know, staying curious. 100%. Being curious about life is, is extremely, extremely important. Because the thing is that majority of life itself, when it comes through repetition, becomes boring. Yeah. You know, every, everything becomes boring eventually. Even if you're going to five-star restaurants, yeah. Living in like in a dream house, you know, everything becomes boring if you've done it long enough. Yeah. And so being able to have either, you know, a little thing that can make things, you know, make it fun or unique, you know, just kind of swapping things around. Yes. Like I love just changing lenses with my camera because it puts me in a different creative moment. But yeah. it's like, you know, yeah, it's it's just getting that unique spark in life is perfect. I love you. You said the lens metaphor because it's so funny. My my boyfriend the other night was kind of in a little bit of a funk, just work stuff. And I was like, you know what? Why don't we just completely change our schedule for the evening? Why don't we just go to Griffith Park and, and look at the stars? Or why don't we just go to uh, one of uh, a restaurant that we love in Beverly Hills or something just to mix it up, something so out of the box. And we forget we can do that at any moment. You know, you can completely yeah. change and do something completely new. And that's such a good way to remind yourself how alive you are. Exactly. Um, you know, one of, the, one of the scariest things, like if you go, you know, too deep in, um, you know, in your own mind, um regarding like depression or anything like that like you can stop looking forward to tomorrow mm. you know because if you have a routine that's set out that you've dreaded for such a long time yeah and then it's like what what the hell what's the point of tomorrow you know yeah. what the, what is the point of this and if you're able to either change career paths or you know even just changing something small every day at least eventually your situation will become a, a lot different but yeah that's the trickiest one to get out of yeah totally totally and i think like we we've been saying that finding that freshness and realizing it can come from so many different ways and it can even come from people you know meeting a new friend mm -hmm. you know and being open to um life and possibility and and how every day can be a new adventure being a multi-talented individual, how do you balance your skill in playing the piano, singing, and performing in musical theater productions? Yeah, it's funny. I, I kind of feel like it, and maybe this was another manifestation. That's the word of, of the night, manifestation. <laughs> whatever we say it, have a sip of your water or whatever you're drinking. <laughs> I, um, you know, grew up doing musical theater. I, I recently picked up piano a couple of years back. And it's it's not lost on me. You know, I, I've had a lot of loves. I love TV. I love film. I love musical theater. And This Is Me Now, the film coming out on February 16th, has kind of gotten to be the first time that it's all come into place at once. You know, it's a musical movie coming out on a streaming app that will be on television. So... It's kind of, uh, you know, a mix of all of it, which is really wild. Yeah, that's that's really impressive. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, you know, it's going to be neat to to see it all together. But I, I, 
I think I've always had multiple hobbies because that's kind of what I said earlier. I think to be a true artist, you know, you got to cultivate your life outside of your art too. I kind of realized like, I want to pick up the piano or, you know, I want to also get more into health and fitness. And I, I go work out every day, whether it's a hike or I go to the gym. And, you know, picking up different little interests. I'm a big foodie. I love trying new restaurants. I love traveling. Um, I actually took my first trip to Italy last year. And I got the call that I was on hold for the film while we were in Rome. And so now I I feel like I have to go back. It's kind of my lucky city. But I love, love traveling, you know, as much as possible. I think it just makes you more more cultured and, and more interesting, you know, for sure. And not only that. It, when you're in the, the same kind of you know area a lot, you kind of get you, it's like copy and pasting your personality with each yes. other. So when you go out there, you're able to see the rest of the world, and you're like, oh, all these people kind of have different you know ideas, and <laughs> they think you know like yeah. Yes. yeah. And I think we need more of that. You know, I think in in the U.S. specifically here, you know, we're in such a bubble, and, and you know, I can only really speak for the United States, but in that way, I do. I think we're in a bubble, and sometimes we don't realize. You know, you got to travel, you got to see as much as you can. You have one life. And like you said, there's so many different ways to live your life. And I think when you travel, you know, you kind of learn like, I can mix it up. I can mix it all up. I mean, I loved, we, we stayed in the middle of Rome. And one of my favorite things, we were there about a week, which was amazing. And I loved waking up and going, you know, to the cafes in the morning and seeing, you know, the little old men, you know, ordering a, a bottle of vino at 10 a.m. I'm like, wow, I think I could get used to it here. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. So much way to to keep it fresh and to see, wow, like that's kind of a routine here for these people. You know, that's how they live their mornings or, you know, um, there's just a freshness to it and 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 a, and a liveness to it for sure. Yeah, there's a very big difference between you know like living to work, which I feel that is more kind of like corporate America, than living to experience, like more of you know Italy and and Paris, where you know where they're out there and they you know they they're in a bottle of wine at 10 a.m. But it's more about waking up and oh, what can I experience today? What food can I make with the family? You know, it's like that type of surrounding. Yes, and it's like you said, they're they're living to enjoy life, and I think that's that's a very high vibe feeling like we were talking about frequencies that's very high vibe you know living to enjoy your life yeah tell us about your role as raj in the off-broadway premiere production of the big bang theory musical what challenges did you face and how did you approach this character well that was another i've got to say one of those like moments i'll always remember in my career where i felt like okay this is going to be a marker that i'll remember to you know be able to perform seven shows a week in Times Square in New York City and to be paid to do it and to be performing at the N.L. Bernstein Theater right across from the Winter Garden, a very, you know, uh, popular area of Times Square. I I mean, I would pinch myself getting off the subway at the 50th stop and I would think, wow, like this is my life. You know, I get to perform here and, you know, I've always been a really open person. And I have to believe some of that has manifested opportunities for me also, because I really try to be open to life and to people. And one of the best parts of being an artist is the community. I mean, you need it, you know, just to get through the hard times and the good times. And I I forever will be grateful for the Big Bang Theory, the musical, because I made some lifelong friends out of it. And, um, you know, people I still talk to this day. And it it was just a really powerful moment for me. I felt like I kind of came into my own. Um, 
and the character was so fun. Um, yeah, it was based off of, you know, the very popular The Big Bang Theory TV show, um, which ran forever. <laughs> and, uh, you know, had Kaylee Cuoco and Jim Parsons in the lead cast. And so it was really neat to kind of bring it to life for uh, stage audiences. And one of the best parts of it was, you know, when you're performing in Times Square, you have people coming from all over the world to see the shows that are playing, you know, on Broadway or off Broadway like we were. And, you know, I mean, we would have audiences from all over the world. And so to get to meet the people after and, you know, um, kind of befriend some of the audience members and realize like, wow, you know, we're having an impact that's like kind of global when you're seeing how many different people are coming. Um, and it was really special. You know, I, I, I love New York City. I try to go back as much as I can. And I'm, you know, I, I'm auditioning for things there and, and um, hoping for, you know, another Broadway project or a film or something that brings me back there. And I feel something coming. You know, there's been a couple things in the works. So I'm hoping um, sooner than later, I would love to be back there for a bit. Yeah, I cannot wait. <laughs> it's going to be so exciting. <laughs> can't either. I can't wait. <laughs> You have a keen interest in fashion. How does your personal style influence your creative expression, both on and off stage? Uh, I mean, I've always been into fashion. You know, I think it started also around the same time when I threw that glitter on that table. I've just, <laughs> I've liked a little sparkle. I'm not going to lie. And, um, you know, it's, it's funny because it has taken off a, taken on a life of its own for myself. You know, I, I think of it as such another way that I express myself. And, um, you know, there's no going back now. I, I, I feel so empowered in it, you know, where I'm, I'm constantly trying to, you know, kind of um, blur the lines with it. You know, I, I like to ex explore gender fluidity myself in fashion and in makeup. And, you know, I don't feel boxed in. You know, I think I did at some point, like I said, kind of growing up in, in a more conservative town. And I'm just like, there's no going back for me, guys. I'm sorry. Like, I, I just, I want to be that voice for people and, and empower people. I think, you know, fashion is always expanding. And I think it can be such a way to artistically show yourself to the world. And, um, you know, specifically for This Is Me Now, the film, it was so incredible to get to dress up in some of these larger than life costumes. I mean, like I said, my character plays JLo's gay best friend. And, you know, it's not always like this on a film, but when I went in, they really, you know, had incredible outfits already pulled for me. But mm -hmm. they some of my opinions, you know, and I was like, what about that over there? What if we tried that on with this? And, you know, that just made it an even more magical experience. Um, and I mean, yes, my costumes in the film are fabulous larger than life <laughs> i'm trying to live up to that now i'm like yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 are yeah. so high that now you know when i'm i have an event or something i'm going to i'm like gosh i gotta i gotta level it up you know but i've always um tried to you know give fresh looks and and express in new ways and um yeah i mean follow me on instagram at brandon dulcet because i i try to really give a lot of fashion content and makeup content. Um, and for our premiere, it's going to be no exception. I have something very big coming that I'm excited about. <laughs> and, I'll wait. But, and I think that um, if you have any advice for me, I would love to have it because my fashion, my fashion sense is not good. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll have to connect on Instagram after this because I would yeah, love Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like... I, I love helping friends with it too because I think, you know, there's no wrong way. That's the thing too. But I, uh, 
you know, you're like, wait, <laughs> I've been able to trust me. I've been able to mess it up so many times. It's, it's constantly evolving. And I think a lot of it is taking chances. I, I'll leave yeah. you on that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I've been on dates and I've worn like an outfit that I thought it was fine. And then they're just like, could you just <laughs> never wear that again? I mean, tell me. Date outfit for you. What, what would be a typical one? <laughs> A day outfit. Um, it would be so. I'm kind of a minimalist. Uh, with a, okay, there's so there's two different outfits. So there's one which is if I have a meeting, um, and I get like dressed up with like a shirt and tie and just normal standard stuff. Sure. However, if it's just me, I am the biggest minimalist ever. I just either wear shorts or shorts with a tank top. Yeah, and that's it. Like I don't really. That's all that I kind of have. <laughs> yeah, okay, like, so, <laughs> There's there's uh, some room that we could expand. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> uh, as a tech savvy individual, how do you incorporate technology into your artistic endeavors on a daily uh, life? Yeah, I mean it's really crazy. In 2024, most of the audition process as an actor, it's really interesting actually, is all online. You know, itself. Mm. My my audition for This Is Me Now, the film, was all tapes, you know, up until the end. And so it was a really interesting process. And um, I think what's exciting about that, though, is I love kind of being able to put personal touches. You know, I'm someone who really believes the love is in the details. And being able to shoot a tape at home, you know, you can add some of those little elements that are very you or very the character. Um, but, you know, technology is is only growing and it it is as much a part of the industry as ever, you know. And so I think really mastering, you know, using your iPhone or whatever phone you have and being able to capture yourself in the best light is is powerful and is essential, you know, as, as a performer these days. I'm not going to lie. If I were to be an actor and going in for an audition, I would buy the most expensive camera and then just at, like make the best looking videos as I could. <laughs> I you know, get the lighting on point and it's then I'll crazy. be like, <laughs> yes. yeah. that, you're onto something. I mean, we can talk about that too later, but like that is. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I can give you advice. I can 100% because I'm, I'm also a videographer and a cinematographer as well. Oh, and so I, I literally, like, if I were to be an actor, I have the whole setup here. Well, actually, that's a good idea. Maybe I could like have an audition room. Yes. Where people could film their auditions. What? And then I, I just edit it for them. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. That is a huge business in Los Angeles. When the auditions were in person, at least it's, you, you can get the vibe from the person. And then they can kind of articulate what you're trying to bring to the team. also give you pointers on the spot. However, when it's on video, they get several thousand auditions a day. Yeah. Like it's, you know, if you're, you know, like if you weren't using the, the greatest camera on your phone, if it were to be like an older model, like good luck getting a good audition with that one. <laughs> yes. No, you know, I, I mean, there's a ton of people here who have kind of capitalized on it post COVID. So I think you might need to bring it to um, Australia because we, I, I mean, people will literally set up studios now and, you know, it's, it's crazy because the quality matters, you know, and, mm. and I I, I kind of now believe it. it's the Wild West. You know, there's no rules. Like, I've had situations where I've shot it like it's a movie already. Like, I've literally been in full costume. I've done it with um, on my couch or, you know, and, and made it really personal. And it's funny because the feedback I've gotten is like, 
those are the tapes that stand out when they're getting thousands and thousands, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because because I just put myself through you know the person that's reviewing the videos. And if you're just clicking for the whole day, <laughs> just going through videos all day, every day. Yeah. It's like, it's like, because no, it's not only that. It's just like, if you see somebody who has purchased a, a I'm not talking about like a $10,000 camera. I'm talking about like just entry level with like a, with an all right lens. Yeah. You know, if you just get like a prime lens with like a little tiny microphone and then you edit it on CapCut and then just put like a little bit of coloring to it and the mood. So it's like, so when you're doing the scene and, you know, there's the dialogue to set the mood, you can put that in the edit, you know, you can like kind of get it going. And then, you know, and then it's like, oh, this person here has put so much work into it compared to the other people. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's the stuff that sets you apart these days. I mean, you got to be creative from all angles, you know, not just from the acting. You got to you got to think outside the box. Maybe I should start throwing out some audition tapes. <laughs> I've never acted, but, um... <laughs> another career for you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can make some really good. Yeah. We've got another <laughs> act coming. <laughs> yeah, your advocacy uh, for gender fluid and queer rights is commendable. How do you hope to contribute to positive representation in films and television for the LGBTQAI plus community? Yeah, I, I, I think I spoke about this a little bit already but you know for me visibility is everything and you know i i'm now in a place where i want to take on those types of roles i want to take on the unique niche roles you know i want to take on roles that are gender fluid and queer and and roles that are unique and that you know get characters out there that are like me that are like so many people and you know i think there's just a need for it and there's a call for it and people want to see people that are like them on screen and it just makes the world more interesting and more nuanced and more colorful you know i think for me like growing up as as a little gay kid i can remember watching glee and seeing you know the two gay actors on it um chris colfer and darren chris and thinking like wow i've really never seen that before like i've never seen two gay guys just out there living their lives. They're a part of this group. And, you know, of course they touched in Glee on the difficult parts of being gay, but also on the great parts. You know, I, I, I think it's neat that we're in a time where gay characters like mine in This Is Me Now, the film, they're just existing. You know, they're just a part of the world. Um, obviously there's difficulties just like there are for anyone, but I'm loving the stories where the characters, you know, are normalized and are just a part of the story. And, mm. I want to be in more stuff like that. You know, that's something I'm manifesting for myself. And I think, you know, I'm just so grateful to Jennifer because for her to give this opportunity, you know, she was like a fairy godmother, honestly. And, you know, this this role is powerful. And um, I think it's really going to um, reach a lot of people worldwide. Yeah, I agree with that part there 100%. It's, it's like they're being... They- they're in the movie, a part of the story, and it's there's nothing negative about it. It's just it's good. Like it's a part of the the it's a contribution to the story, and they can bring their part to the table, which is what creativity is all about. Yes, yes, and and like we said, normalizing it, you know, and just and everybody being there together and and telling a story. Yeah, there's there's a lot of power in that. Mm. Dexter, your tuxedo cat sounds adorable. How does having a pet contribute to your daily life and well-being when times get tough? Oh my gosh. Well, I don't want his head to get too big because he is dead staring me from across the room right now. <laughs> he, is, he is a tiny gay icon. 
in his in his own right. He is a tiny gay icon, and he's adorable. Uh, my boyfriend Grant adopted him back when we were living in New York City, and he honestly is like a part of our family now. I mean, my only complaint is that he does sleep um, long ways, so his body takes up about three fourths of our bed, and we're. <laughs> end of it um but he is amazing i mean i i'm i have always been an animal lover but he has kind of taken it to the next level i love getting <laughs> with him and you know i think animals are just they're a part of your home and they change the energy you know they change the energy in a house when you have another person there it, it's amazing to have him and yeah definitely brightens the days you know i think it's so funny how animals know Kind of, they can pick up on energies themselves. And, you know, I'll just be laying here. And if I'm frustrated about something, he'll come over and he'll just kind of like sit next to me. You know, it's not always even an attention thing. It's just kind of knowing they're there. Mm, yeah. I Well, um, the funny thing as well is that when I was younger, I used to have a cat called Dexter as well. What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was very, yeah, very cute. It's a cute name. I love the name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. But um, yeah, with that, I would like to say, uh, say thank you so much, Brandon, for being a guest on the show. Oh, thank you so much. And I can't wait to see uh, you on the big screen, too. We're going to get a, your, your acting business going. Oh, yeah, I'll be able to do a really professional job. I'll be great. <laughs> I can't wait. And thank you so very much.